I'm going to read out of John chapter 20. I'm going to start with verse 1, and then we're going to flip over to Luke. So uh, if you have your Bibles, awesome. Uh, And we also have it on the screen for you. You ready? Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while, while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. <laughs> I, okay, focus. And said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going together toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths were laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the cloths lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen, but folded up in the place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. So uh, I want to open up with that one. There's, there's a numerous accounts, but this one is my favorite because uh, John calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved, which I think is hilarious. And then on top of that, uh, John won the race. So I, I like that too. He beat Peter to the tomb. That's so awesome. I'm a I get to coach track, and so I think that's great. Uh, and so in the midst of all this, we, we have spent this whole weekend from Saturday, sun, uh, excuse me, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and today we look at uh, Sunday, which, which the church, which believers call is Resurrection Sunday. And what that means is it's not about Easter bunnies, it's not about baskets, it's not about the eggs, it's not about even the chocolate bunnies, but it's about the resurrection of Jesus. And so when we look at this and when we celebrate this, this is where we celebrate the miraculous. And so Friday, we see the crucifixion of Jesus. A man that was declared innocent by a court of law, that was declared innocent by a court of law, who lived a sinless life, who hung on the cross naked, who was humiliated and shamed before the entire world at the time. And we see this Jesus put himself on the cross. The Bible says that he willingly took up the cross for us. So when we celebrate today, we see this this picture of Jesus taking what you and I deserve because sin deserves a penalty. And Jesus took this. He took what you and I deserved on the cross and three days later he rose from the grave. 
Why? Why would he do that? So that we could know him, we could have life with him. And so I receive that life by putting my life into his hands, by trusting him, by accepting his grace and mercy, by, by receiving his forgiveness. See, this is what Easter, Resurrection Sunday, is all about. And so we celebrate, we celebrate this this crushing on Friday. <laughs> and this, this amazing celebration of him rising from the grave. So not only did he take what you and I deserve, but he conquered death. So that we could have heaven, so that we could have life, so that we could have him. Now, when we look at this, this story we see all about Friday. I mean, there's, got a, there's a movie, right? The Passion of the Christ. You've seen that? Some of you have, some of you haven't, but The Passion of the Christ, right? There's a movie about it. And then, and then there, he raises from the grave on Saturday. But what about, excuse me, on Sunday, but what about Saturday? What about Saturday? You ever think about Saturday? I mean, everybody talks about Friday and Sunday, but what what about the in-between time? What about that Saturday? Growing up, uh, I, I remember Saturdays, and I, I don't know if you remember Saturdays the way I did. So we had pajama shirts. So because we were poor, my mom would just have us wear one of her long shirts because back day, day it was super long, right? So we didn't really have typical pajamas. And the pajamas I had, we kept cutting the feet off of them right? And so until they got up to here, and then I guess they were done, right? And so I wake up early on Saturday morning, and maybe you did the same, uh, having a single mom who, who worked all the time and, and wanted to provide for us. And so I wake up on Sunday morning, or excuse me, Saturday morning, and I go out. I get a bowl of cereal, right? Captain Crunch. Actually, we were poor, so it was cornflakes and powdered milk, which, uh, you should try it. It's super good. <laughs> so, so the deal with powdered milk is that you would put it in the freezer to get it super cold, and you shake it really hard, and then you pour it on with lots of sugar, and then you eat your cornflakes as fast as you could before they got soggy. And that, that happened real fast. And so we'd sit, I would sit down, and i watch Rocky and Bullwinkle and Mighty Mouse and all these different things. That was my Saturday, right? Now, my Saturday, I think, is different than their Saturday. But in, in Scripture, we see, we see things done in threes often, right? So you have, you have uh, Jonah and the fish, right? Some people call it the whale, but it was a giant fish. So there you go, clarification. I Jonah the fish, he was in the fish for three days. And then he was spit out, right? So he getting swallowed by a fish. Do you picture like him being digested by this fish like me, or am I just gross? I'm gross. Okay, so he's getting digested by the fish, and then, you know, God delivers him and spits him out, and then he goes to Nineveh, right? We see this with Esther. Esther uh, was the queen, and, and, uh, and she prayed and fasted for three days that God would stop the slaughter of her people. And God delivered her in three days. 
We say Rahab, who, who hid, hid the spies, Israel's spies, right? And the Israeli spies said, okay, here's the deal. Hide yourself and three days we'll rescue you. And so we see this pattern throughout Scripture in the Old Testament is how God, God uh, we go through something tough and rough and awful. And then, then there's this other day. Uh, we'll call that other day. We'll call it Saturday. Okay, so everybody say Saturday. Saturday. Yes, okay. And then the third day is where God delivers all these different people. Right? All these different opportunities. So we see this pattern. And we see it with the pattern of Jesus. And so, so Jesus was on the cross on Friday. He was crushed. He was abandoned. He was defeated. He was declared innocent. Great turmoil. Great pain. Great suffering. Which we can never really grab hold of. And he did this. The Bible says, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. So what that means is while I was still an enemy of God, while I was still against him, while I was still opposed to him, while I was still rebelling against him, while I was still living for myself, while I was still walking in this life which is sinful, while I was still there, Christ died for me. And so we see this, we see this pattern. So Jesus was crushed. Saturday, you know, Saturday, there wasn't a single person that went, I think Jesus is alive. Saturday. Saturday was the day the disciples had, I mean, they were still, they, they abandoned Jesus, right? So, so they all took off, they all hid, they all left. Saturday. Saturday was the day that they're remembering what they did the day before. Saturday was full of regret. Saturday was the, the prayers that weren't answered. God, save Jesus. Oh God, we're supposed to be the new political power in Israel. Saturday was the day that they, they kind of sat in all this regret, all this agony, all this shame. Saturday was the day that they felt like their prayers weren't answered. Saturday was the day that felt utterly hopeless. Saturday. Saturday. So what do we do? What do we say? Perhaps, perhaps the disciples gathered together and they thought about all the different things that, that happened with Jesus, you know? I mean, have you ever gotten together with people and then you tell stories and jokes about what happened? I don't know if it was too soon, but you know there's at least one joker in the mix, right? And I picture James and John, hey, hey, James and John, you remember? You remember when your mom asked Jesus if you two could sit by him? Oh, that was hilarious. You could be at the right and the left. You guys could be the power brokers. <laughs> your mom asked. <laughs> that's amazing. I don't know if that happened or not, but that's what I would picture. <laughs> Saturday. Saturday. Saturday was the most hopeless day in all of history. What do you do? What do you say? 
Where do you go from here? I, I wonder if we too have experienced Saturdays. You see, Friday, uh, Jesus was crushed, abandoned, and what seemed to be defeated. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever gone through uh, a time where you feel like all hope is lost? You've gone through this rough time and you're just begging God, please, please God, help me. And you feel like there's no answer? I would call that Saturday. Now, here's what's amazing about God. Is he doesn't expect us to stay in Saturday. He doesn't leave us there. He doesn't just walk away there. Jesus moves us from Saturday to Sunday. He's our deliverer. So in the midst of all this shame and hurt and pain, he answers. And not only does he answer, but he answers in such a way that is dramatically, unmistakably God. He does this. Could you imagine? Could you picture yourself? You see, you see this, this man who you revered, who you knew was the next great thing, who, who led a bunch of misfits that nobody would ever choose. And this man, he's leading them, and, and the crowd is growing. I mean, he feeds 5,000. He walks on water. He heals the blind and the deaf. He, he, gives, he heals the lepers. This man, you see all this. And you look at him, wow. And all of a sudden, you knew who he was. You knew how he's innocent. You knew. And he's hung on a cross. A murderer's death. Jesus. Jesus' Friday went to Saturday. Now, I told you I needed you to turn your Bibles to Luke. So, Luke 23, please. Excuse me, it's Luke 24. That was fun. So, so we, we have some people that are in a Saturday. Here we go, you ready? It was now about this, oh, wrong one. Uh, verse 13 on 24. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, two of Jesus' disciples, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Okay, so I don't know if you have this picture. John, could you help me? You can stand right here. You're Jerusalem. And so they're heading this way. So you get that, right? So they're going not to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, this, this is where the disciples were going. This is where they were supposed to go, right? This is, this is where they were supposed to go to encounter God. And, and these, two, these two disciples have left, right? Okay, John, you can sit down. That was fun, wasn't it? Well, they... <laughs> Well, they were, okay, here we go, uh, seven miles from Jerusalem, and, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, 
Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is the conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. They're in their Saturday. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these days? And he said to him, See, Jesus does this. He, he just asks questions, right? He's like, what things? Like, tell me, please. And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people and our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. Sounds like a Saturday, doesn't it? But when, excuse me, but we had hoped. But we had hoped. Do you see what he's saying? They're saying? Like we saw him do all these amazing things. We heard how he taught. We, we, we're like, but you don't, but we had hoped. We, we hoped that, that maybe, maybe that, that he, would, he would be what we wanted to be. We had hoped that maybe he would, he would change everything for us and that he would lead Israel. We had hoped. We had hoped. We had hoped. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. We had hoped. And now it's the third day since all these things happened. And, and what, what, what are we going to do? What are, I mean, how are we going to move on, right? And I, I just, I know that Jesus came near them. I know that, that, that uh, they couldn't see on purpose. There's a reason for that. But it seems to me sometimes we get so close to something or so comfortable to something that we don't realize it's there. When I was younger, this happened to me often and uh, I don't think it still happens to me because I think I've grown out of it. But when I was younger, uh, I remember playing in the playground in Mapton. And I was a fast little mover, right? And so I was running, and I was going around playing and, and running. And then I turned, and immediately I hit this metal post that was right here. I landed on the ground, and I'm pretty sure I had a severe concussion because the next thing I remember is being in the nurse's office. Right? Oh, awesome, right? So th this head's taken a lot of ticking. Or, is that the word? Yeah, okay. So uh, a lot of, yeah, okay, focus. And so then there's this other time, which I was quite a bit older. I was riding my bike, and uh, this was after my fancy bike, the BMX bike with the yellow star mag wheels. And so I was riding my bike, and I'm just cruising, right? And, and I'm, I'm looking I'm looking around because there's so much to see, and you know this. And I, I, I look over 
to my left. It's always to my left. I look over to my left, and then I hear this honk, and I run right into a moving car. Have you ever done that? Okay, just me. And, and the owner of the car was laughing so hard because they just watched how I rode my bike right into the side of their car and thought nothing of it. They're just very gracious, right? And really shocked that this kid, who was just a few feet away, just ran right into the side of a car with a bicycle. I wonder if sometimes we do the same with Jesus. That we get so familiar with, with who he is and what he's done that we, we lose sight of we lose sight of him completely. Did you know that in the Old Testament there are 53 prophecies foretelling Jesus as the Messiah? 53. That's a lot. And this was written hundreds of years before Jesus, and some thousands, right? And they're written about him, and 53. And you think, oh, well, 53, so then Jesus must have, like, made sure that he followed everyone so it would be confirmed, right? And so, okay, we, we could go that direction because I have good friends that go that direction sometimes, right? And so we'll go that direction. So you just take eight, eight of the prophecies that, that pointed towards Jesus as the Messiah, that he fulfilled, just eight of them. And these prophecies, so then you just set the scriptures aside and go, okay, just these, I, I'm gonna set it aside with a pen. Okay, just these, these eight prophecies. You just, you, you take scriptures, set aside, and we go, okay, these eight prophecies, which were confirmed by historians of that time, just these eight. Do you know what the odds of those eight being fulfilled in Jesus? Some of you know because you've already heard. Do you know just those eight that, that it would be fulfilled in one person? Right? Just those eight. One to the 18th power. Right? Okay, so let me, let me describe it in a different way. Say you take 10 quarters. You write on one of those quarters an X. You put those 10 quarters in your pocket and you shake it around and you do, you know, and then do the hokey pokey. Uh, and then you reach in and you only take one quarter and you take that quarter that's got the X on it, right? If you do that, you have a one in 10 chance. Okay, that's a pretty good chance. So I, just so you know, me as a person, I, I'm like this guy that if, if my wife says that she's gonna that if I ask my wife for a kiss and I go, oh, she goes, not in a million years. I would go, oh, so there's a chance, right? So that's the type of person I would be. So just, okay, so, but this, but these odds, one to the 18th power, that means that if you took enough quarters to fill the entire, because I made fun of Texas last week, uh, the entire state of Texas, which is 268,820 square miles. You took all these quarters and you filled it up two feet high, full of quarters. And in the midst of all those quarters, you took one quarter and put an X on it. You mixed it all up. And then you said, hey, John, 
right? Because I used you already. John, you could take as long as you want. You could go wherever you want, but you can only pick up one quarter. And him going and searching for his entire lifetime. Let's just say his entire lifetime. And he bends down finally with the help of a cane. Uh, <laughs> bends down finally and he picks up a quarter. The likelihood of him picking up the quarter with the X is one to the 18th power. That is impossible. There are no odds. There are no odds in lotto or anything else that are similar to that odd, those odds. One to the 18th power. That's one with 18 zeros after it. That's just eight prophecies. That's just eight things that say Jesus is the Messiah or he's going to be the Messiah. So, so when we look at this, when we look at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we have to give it creed. Not only from like a, a total mathematical perspective. And by the way, uh, just in case you want to dig deeper, uh, the guy's name is... Oh, yeah, Dr. Peter Stoner. That's funny to me. Okay, uh, Dr. Peter Stoner and 600 math students. And then, you know what they did after they did the math? They went and took it and had it verified. And it was verified and confirmed. That's just the odds. Now, look, look at this. Now, let's go deeper. Scripture, Isaiah 53 53.3 says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is before the birth of Christ. This is in Hebrew scripture. This was before Christianity was ever formed. Zechariah 9.9 says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. And having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. This was hundreds of years before Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years before anybody decided to follow him. Hundreds of years before anybody decided to choose him. See, at this time, the reigning rulers were Caesar and Nero. But Jesus is and was the king of kings and lord of lords. Think about it. Consider it. How many people name their kids Caesar and Nero? How many kids name their kids Matthew, Peter, Mark, Luke, John? <laughs> See, it's closer than we think. See, Jesus is revealing himself over and over and over again to you and I. And we're like these men walking to Emmaus. 
too caught up in what we're facing at the moment, too caught up in what we hope Jesus to be instead of what Jesus truly is. So we put our, our hopes in all these different things and we're never fulfilled because Jesus is the only one that can change us. Now let's go back. Verse 22. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they have even seen visions of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But him they did not see. Wow. Verse 20. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so let me, let me talk about that just a little bit. So we got Caiaphas, or what was his name again? Cleo. Okay, so we got Cleo, and we got another guy, and they're walking the opposite direction, right, of Jerusalem, and they encounter Jesus, and then in the midst of this encounter with Jesus, they tell these stories, right? They said, hey, this lady, her name's Mary, she came, she told us that she saw an angel, the tomb was empty, and yeah, whatever, dude, and then, and then, and then, and so, and then after that, they said they were amazed, So they heard about the tomb being empty. They heard about them seeing angels, and they were amazed by it. They weren't like, eh. They were amazed, right? So they're amazed by it. And then on top of that, you know who comes right out? Oh, we saw the tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen, right? Woo-hoo! And so Cleo... And his homeboy, Jim Bob, because that's my favorite name, Chloe and Jim Bob, Cleo and Jim Bob, decide to go this direction when everything they encountered before, everything they heard of Jesus, everything they saw of Jesus, everything. He proved himself over and over and over again. He even, listen to this, do you know Jesus said four times before he died on the cross and rose from the grave to the disciples, that he was going to die and raise from the grave. The disciples heard this. They're probably texting at the time, but they heard this. Yeah, that was a funny joke. Okay. <laughs> but in the midst of this, they heard, they were amazed, they verified, but here's the crazy thing. They were still walking away. They were still walking away. Wow. We look at him, we go, man, how could they do that? But the truth is, is we see it all the time. Here are the amazing things about Jesus. You see how God transforms somebody, changes their life. You go, oh, that's cool. That's amazing. I did this when I was growing up. I, I didn't grow up in church. Right? It was the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, 
I didn't, but I consider myself a Christian. Do you know why? Because I'm American. <laughs> but I didn't know Jesus. I hadn't experienced Jesus. Anybody that I knew that knew Jesus were, frankly, a little bit creepy. Uh, but as, as they, right? <laughs> so uh, this one occasion, and I say this story over and again, Matt Calhoun invited me. Never would I come. But he invited me, and then he showed up in my house and brought me, right? And I came, and I watched, 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 and I watched. And I did the same thing. I'd say I knew him as I was walking away from him. You see, these fellas... went through much of what we've faced at different times. They were in Saturday. And Sunday had already come, but they were still walking in Saturday. Deliverance had already come, but they were still walking in Saturday. Hope had already come, but they were still walking in Saturday. Can I ask you an honest question? Have you ever been hurt so bad that you're still walking in Saturday? Have you ever hoped so hard that you're still walking in Saturday? Have you ever been so lost and confused that you're still walking in Saturday? See, that's what these guys were doing. They were still walking in Saturday. Verse 25, and he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? In the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interrupted them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself interpreted him i said interrupted it's interpreted to them all <laughs> scriptures the things concerning himself verse 28 so they drew near to the village to which they were going and he acted as if he was going to go farther but they urged him strongly saying stay with us for it is toward the evening and the day is now far spent so he went to stay with them See, here's, here's what's so amazing. Is that these guys hurt exactly. These guys hurt so badly that they were willing to walk away. Go their own direction. Do their own thing. And in the midst of this hurt, they encounter this person. And they invite him to go deeper. Why? Because they want to know more. There was something about them that was changing them, that was bringing healing, that was bringing hope back. So they... So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished 
from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? While he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose at the same hour and returned. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed. And it has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road. And he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So what do we see when they encounter Jesus? Here's what we miss so often. As they saw Jesus, they experienced him, and he was straightforward with them. He was honest with them. He was loving them. He's saying, you got to get out of your Saturday because deliverance is here. you got to get out of your Saturday because hope is here. you got to get out of your Sunday because peace is here. you got to get out of your Saturday because healing is here. You have got to get out of your Saturday. And how do you do it how do you do it you rise you recognize and you return you rise you recognize and you return so let me ask you what are you facing and what does a man die 2,000 years ago have to do with you what does he do for bringing hope he is the hope so no matter what you're facing if you're still in your Saturday can I please tell you you can rise and return if, if you're not even in your Saturday and you're just here because someone dragged you, can I please tell you, you can rise and return. Jesus has come to save all of humanity. All of humanity. And so how do we do that? We rise and return to him. So how do we do that? We trust him with our life. We ask him for forgiveness and we give him our full life. And instead of walking away from him, we walk towards him. Instead of, instead of walking in our own ways, we follow his ways. Instead of leading our own hearts, we give him our hearts. And the Bible says that he makes me a new creation that in the midst of all my hopelessness he brings hope in the midst of all my pain and sorrow and agony he brings healing and peace because he is the prince of peace he is almighty God he is king of kings and lord of lords so again this morning are you still in Saturday and if you are can I tell you, Sunday's coming. So where are you at? What are you doing with Jesus? Can you just take a moment with me and just bow your eyes and your heads? Both of those things. <laughs> so where are you at with Jesus? Are you hurting? Are you hopeless?
Do you need him to bring hope and healing? Are you angry and bitter? Do you need him to bring peace and joy? Are you lost and broken and you need him to bring you home? You're here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you want to trust him with your life. If that's you, may I please pray with you? Would you just raise your hand? Are you in a Saturday? And you need Sunday to get here? May I please pray with you? Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for everybody that responded. They're in the midst of a Saturday and they're waiting for a Sunday. They're waiting for you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bring healing and hope, that you bring peace and change, that you bring life and direction. That you bring joy and completion. Father God, thank you so much for all that you've done and yet to do. We lift up our hearts to you. Thank you that in the midst of being in a Saturday, (laughs) thank you that Saturday is coming. Thank you that you have risen, risen indeed. Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing one last song.